listening to the Back in History Class podcast. Salutations, fellow crime enthusiasts. My name is Gage Earnhardt, and we're here with the True Crime Podcast. I'm Ian Waugh. And I am Brylan Barrier. Cameron Colville. And I'm Mary Kirk. Today we'll be talking about Ted Bundy, also known as Theodore Robert Bundy, the name he was born under, on November 24th, 1946. He was born in Burlington, Vermont. He grew up in a troubled childhood. He didn't know his biological mother. He thought that she was his sister. He also didn't know his biological father. He thought that was his grandfather. So he was raised by a woman who wasn't actually his mother. He was also abused much of his childhood. He was a product of incest. And he just grew up with hate towards his father, who he really didn't know was his father. Uh, Bundy was really into into crimes like shoplifting before he uh, did all this murderous things. He would shoplift expensive things like... uh, you know, clothes and things like that to suit his personality. And because he did these kinds of things, it ended his dating life, uh, making him mentally unstable, and he went back to his um, his old personality. Um, at first, he was all innocent and clueless. Uh, as his first impression when people met him, he was clean-cut, educated, and charismatic, uh, raising low suspicion from law enforcement, which allowed him easier way of carrying out crimes because no one ever suspected him of such things. Bundy was a college dropout turned serial killer rapist. Bundy then recalled when he was an eight-year-old that he used to play with knives and blades all around the house and when he was in bed. He would also play with knives around his aunt when she was sleeping. Alright, so uh, a little bit about him growing up later on. Uh, His social skills and his intelligence allowed him to have a a strong college career, so he really was like a a normal functioning person pretty much if you didn't look too closely. Um, He had normal relationships with with women and um, they would, or followed him into college. Those those relationships did, not the women. Um, but eventually, correct me if I'm wrong, but his, his, uh, interest in women became, like, obsessive and, uh, dangerous almost, kind of like you know? A in a way, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he would con- constantly, like, fantasize about people he barely knew, which is really creepy in the first place. Um, and he would stalk women, which is really creepy. Yeah, sorry to be Yeah. <laughs> So, like, basically in his mind, he would act like a totally different person than he would act on the outside. So on the outside, he would appear to everyone as a normal uh, normal person. He would act fine. He would interact socially pretty well, right? And, um, but in his mind, he was uh, thinking about, like, fantasizing over women or having these, like, dark thoughts and things about, like, murderous tendencies and stuff like that. So kind of like he was schizophrenic? Yeah, kind of, or like, something like that. I'm no expert on the subject. Um, He was at first just interested in sexual activities, like intercourse with women. Uh, He was very controlling. 
this led him to become a serial rapist mm-hmm. at first. So he would just uh, rape a bunch of people rather than killing them. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was very particular about how who he stalked and killed. Uh, he had an obsession with very young, impressionable girls, such as college students. And all of his known victims were white females, so he kind of had like a thing, like a trend going for him. His uh, and his victims' ages spanned from eight to twenty-six, and he believed uh, he was believed to have murdered uh, hundreds of girls. I think, right? Yeah. It's known that Ted Bundy was known for his interest in necrophilia, which is obviously sexual activities with a dead or deceased body. Um, he was also known, he was really good at covering up crime scenes. Like, every time he had a crime scene, he would get rid of almost all incriminating evidence. Like, if he killed a girl, he would take off her clothes and burn them, so there was no evidence left that would point towards him. Yeah. The only reason he was eventually found was he had a manufacturer's error in the clothes that he wore, and they found the fabrics and, like, traced them back to his clothes, so that's how they caught him eventually. But he's also known for um, most of his victims would resemble an ex-girlfriend of his named Stephanie Brooks. Yeah, that kind of goes along with his whole like stalking women thing. The stalking obsession. That trend of like white females. Looked like her. Yeah. Wow. Um, All right. So to start us off with his his murders and things like that, we have a first suspected murder of a girl named Anne Marie Burr, who was eight years old. she woke up in the middle of the night because her younger sister was crying because she broke her arm and she had a cast on it. Um, she took her sibling down to the parents' room and the parents were like, you know, we're trying to sleep, just go back to bed. It'll all be fine, it'll go away, and we'll deal with it tomorrow. Uh, but in the morning, her mother woke up at 5.30 and the Anne Marie was nowhere to be found. Uh, the window had been smashed in from the outside and it appears to have seen someone crawl through the window or that appears to have been what happened and then the front door was unlocked and unchained from the inside and the daughter was missing and they did find uh, a size six or seven Keds sneaker footprint that had been uh, a little bit weathered down but they managed to find it outside the window uh, which does suggest that it was a person about the age and size of Ted Bundy, who would have been 14 at the time of the murder. They couldn't really pin anyone on the case at the time, and since that's why it's only suspected, but once the Ted Bundy case started picking up steam and getting more popular, they eventually suspected that it would be him who was responsible. Do you think that Ted Bundy did? I think he did. I mean, if they have that much, you know, interest in him after the case once the uh, the Ted Bundy case actually started then they probably have good reason to believe that it was him mm-hmm. I read um, <clears throat> later that week uh, the girl's father saw Ted Bundy like in a ditch at a construction site not far from the house really which is why they also thought that he did it because it was so close to the house and what yeah. was he doing in a ditch exactly I mean did they ever did they like know where she was buried I don't know I don't where she was buried I don't uh, on January 15th 1978 Ted Bundy had a visited uh, Florida State University and <coughs> on that cold January night he broke into the uh, Chi Omega sorority house and uh, luckily three of the women that he attacked or three out of the five that he attacked gotten away 
and but two of them weren't so lucky. Margaret Brown and uh, Margaret Bowman and Lisa Levy both got uh, uh, raped and murdered by him. And uh, it was just like a it was a terrible thing because none of the sorority uh, women thought that he was like anything to worry about because he was such a clean cut person and yeah he was like he would always persuade people and it wasn't hard for him to get them on like his side. Yeah, I heard that one of the reasons that he was so hard to catch is because, like, they saw pictures of him and he looks different from, yeah, like, every angle. Yeah, like, nobody, like, nobody would recognize who he was. Yeah. But, uh, after this whole incident happened and uh, the girls went to a mega house, mo- uh, most of them started moving out. But then the ones that stayed, uh, they put a, um, a note on the wall. I have y'all. You're going to miss. And they put a note on the wall and it read... Uh, Y'all may want to make sure your windows are locked and you might also want to lock your doors and uh, rooms until the man is called. Also, when studying in the rec room at night, if you're the last one in there, bolt the door at the top of the stairs behind you and don't live in fear, but take all the logical precautions. And it was just like a scary moment for all of them because they didn't know if it was ever going to happen. You know, it, was just, it was just wild for him to do that. Another victim we decided to highlight is Rhonda Stapley. Rhonda is one of the very few victims of Ted's that survived her attack. Rhonda first encountered him on October 11, 1974, after she missed the bus and began to walk back to her campus. Ted had pulled up in his Volkswagen and offered her a ride. Rhonda states, There was no reason not to get in the car. It was Utah in 1974. He looked like a college student. I told him I was going to the university. He said he was too. Hop in. There was no warning signs. He didn't look creepy and he was very nice. This quote kind of brings us back to some stuff we've already said. Um, Ted is different from most serial killers and is known for being different because of his looks and his behavior. Ted wasn't a stereotypical killer or rapist. He was clean cut, educated. He was a college student. He was known for being attractive and charming and he was good with women. He made women feel safe or he, he just seemed normal. And then Rhonda herself admits that the only reason she got in the car with a stranger was because he was charming and it didn't seem like there was any harm in him. Ted drove as him and Rhonda made small talk. Rhonda then noticed that he missed her stop, but didn't see this as a warning. Rhonda states, I was thinking that he probably wanted to stop and park and make out. When he stopped the car and leaned in, I thought he was going to kiss me or make a forward kind of advance. And he said, just very quietly, do you know what? I'm going to kill you. And then he started strangling me. Rhonda then lost consciousness, but woke up on a picnic table. Ted would slap her face to revive her and then would once again strangle her until she would pass out. As she would cry, he would say, you don't have the right to cry and whine at me. You should be thanking me that you're even alive because I can kill you anytime I want. Ted then raped her until she lost consciousness again. Rhonda then woke up in his car and noticed he was standing by the woods. She took this as her chance to run away. She jumped up and fell into the river, and the river kind of just swept her away from him. She was in the river, she went down the stream for four miles, and then climbed out of the water and walked 12 miles back to her university campus. Rhonda says that she kept quiet for a while and would feel guilty every time she would hear about another missing woman or dead woman on the TV. Rhonda now has a book out on Amazon called I Survived Ted Bundy, The Attack, Escape, and PTSD That Changed My Life, where she goes into detail about her experience with Ted.